93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. This city is my city, and I love it, yeah, I love it. I was born in Macy, I got it made and if I have my way, I'm gonna stay Get ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. Glad that you have tuned in. Very pleased to welcome to, uh, to the studios Dr. Mark Adams with the Columbia Orthopedic Group. Sir, good to have you here. Thank you, Fred. Good to be with you again. Absolutely. It's been three years since you were on the show. Can you believe that? Oh, wow. How do, how do we let time pass like that? I, I can't believe it. How Seems have you like, survived? <laughs> as you can tell uh, very well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, good to have you back. And, and uh, of course, you are... What I would consider to be one of the statesmen uh, in Columbia's uh, healthcare industry, and and uh, you've got a, a pretty rich history with uh, in our community, and and uh, you've seen a lot of things come and go, and so I'm looking forward to having this this conversation with you. Uh, tell people where you grew up and and uh, how you ended up in Columbia, Missouri. I am from Sykeston, Missouri, Fred. Okay. Um, um, Southeast Missouri, born and raised there my entire life until I went to uh, Drury over in Springfield. Yeah. I uh, had a great time there. Uh, too good of a time. What about your education? <laughs> <laughs> that that suffered for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, started out in life to um, either be a professional baseball player mm. or an astronaut, and that didn't work out for various reasons, and decided... Um, through the course of, uh, I really enjoyed the science courses I took and all. Yeah. And decided that I was going to become an orthopedic surgeon, or at least a physician initially. Yeah. And I, I one of the things that led me to that, I was uh, injured playing football in high school. Oh, okay. <clears throat> as a senior, and you know, the disappointment that comes with that. Yeah. And I kind of used that as a way to think... Uh, I'm going to go help kids and not have to face what I face. Yeah. And I had a good orthopedic surgeon that took care of me. And I thought, you know, it was all really cool when you're yeah. in that yeah. impressionable phase of life. Sure. And I thought I can see myself doing that yeah. for the rest of my life. And, and, and so you uh, decided to uh, go into go to medical school, right? I did. And where'd you end up? Uh, you, right here in Columbia. Oh, is that right? Okay. University of Missouri. Good. All right. Good. What was your major uh, down in Hurry? <clears throat> well, I uh, initially had a political science major. Okay. And um, then biology and chemistry. I had a triple major. Yeah. Really? Okay. Very cool. Yeah. It took me a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a, that's a great combination, especially when you're managing other physicians. You, know, you have to have uh, those skill sets, so that, that's pretty good. Um, talk about the Columbia Orthopedic Group. Um, you have recently stepped down as sort of the – what was your title at the at the orthopedic group? Well, I was president, president. For, for 18 years. 18 years, goodness sake. And, um, yeah. you know, saw a lot of growth. And, yeah, and, um, a lot. And uh, <clears throat> tell, us the, tell us about the group itself today. How many physicians are in the group? There are 27. Wow. Um, more than 225 employees. Mm. And, um, you know, we see over 100,000 patients a year or 100,000 clinic visits a year. Yeah. So it's a, you know, when I think back about our history, we were founded in 1965 mm -hmm. by Garth Russell right. and Glenn McElroy 
and John Payne, very renowned names in those days, yeah. and in fact founded the year that Medicare was founded in the United oh, States. Oh, is that right? Lucky That's, you. And um, you know we're in a big ninety-something thousand square foot building now, but the group sprung from a very small um, white frame house over by Boone Hospital. Yeah. And the living room was the waiting room, and the kitchen was the break room, and and the bedrooms wow. were exam rooms. Yeah, that's amazing. I uh, <coughs> who were some of the other fine founders besides uh, Garth Russell? Who else was involved? Uh, Glenn McElroy. Okay. Yep. And okay. Uh, John Payne were the found our three founders, yeah. and they started the group. Um, had some others come on lease, so it's be fairly early, mm-hmm. and uh, some you know great doctors. Most of them are obviously not here anymore. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, well, but, that's so. So that's a that's a heck of a business when you think about it. And I think I shared with you three years ago uh, when you were on the program that if you sat in the lobby of the Columbia Orthopedic Group, you really get a feel for what a well-oiled machine it is. You know what I mean? Because there are times of the day uh, when the line may be out to the parking lot uh, from the admission check-in desk. Uh, five minutes later, it's completely cleared and everybody's where they're supposed to be within the building. And so uh, you you just, you have the feeling that, hey, this is a very well-run, well-oiled machine. Well, thank you, Fred. We're, we, um, we work at it, but... You know, it takes some thought and process and a lot of great employees helping do that. Yeah. That, that's not the physicians always making that happen. That's the employees. Yeah. And we have 700 uh, visitors a day through the door. Goodness sake. So, yeah, that's, so. that's a lot of people to, to take care of in one day. Um, I want to talk to you about some some just general health care issues, and, and we're going to spend a lot of time today just talking about health care in Columbia and not so much about orthopedic care. But, uh, but by the way, what was your specialty in orthopedic care? Or uh, what is your specialty? Sports say? medicine. Sports medicine. Okay, yes. very good. So you are dealing with uh, injured athletes. Injured athletes, uh, and you might say from, from – um, uh, an anatomic direction. We usually do most sports medicine guys are doing knees and shoulders and, okay. and, and other things that are the more common sports injuries. Those are the most, yeah, okay, that makes sense. <clears throat> uh, so there's a topic that's sort of not very many people in Columbia are paying attention to, but uh, it's this idea of a merger between BJC Healthcare and St. Luke's Hospital. BJC being based in St. Louis and uh, St. Luke's being based in Kansas City. Um, give us sort of your thoughts. What was your reaction to that when you heard the news? You know, um, I, I saw it simply as an attempt to shift the power curve that exists in medicine. Okay. Tell me what that means. <clears throat> well, insurance has truly had pricing power for many years. Mm-hmm. We all know we, we, we all have been are very well aware that insurance raises rates on customers, mm-hmm. on, on clients, on, on uh, businesses all the time. And one of the prime reasons they say that is medicine's so much more expensive and hospitals and doctors are charging so much more. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that's not totally the case. In the 18 years I was president, we did not have one raise in revenue or remuneration from BJ or from uh, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield mm-hmm. in that entire time. Wow. They would just tell you to, you know, sorry, no. We, this is what uh, we're going to pay you to do a knee, or this is what we're going to pay you to do a shoulder. Exactly. Okay. And the same thing was happening with hospitals and all of the providers. It wasn't just the Columbia Orthopedic Group. Now, was Medicare the same way? Uh, Medicare has been pretty well established across the country. So, yeah, they're the same way. Okay. And, and they put in the programs that if you didn't meet certain criteria, 
that you would see a decrease next year. Mm-hmm. So a lot of pricing pressure, just like in any other business, any other competitive business. And so the hospitals were feeling the pressure from insurance. And so this merger across the state, uh, I think, is just an attempt to what I said, shift the price, yeah. the, the power curve so to the gives, hospitals. It gives that new entity uh, a bit more leverage with a Blue Cross Blue Shield. With any of the insurance companies. Okay, yeah. Any of them out there. And, you know, uh, it's interesting, and uh, you're, you're probably above commenting on this, but, you know, when you look at the the, the profit reports from, from uh, Blue Cross and Anthem and all these insurance agencies, they, I mean, I'm a good conservative capitalist you know what i mean but their profits are obscene unbelievable unbelievable and when you look at the pressure that they're putting on hospitals and the pressure that they're putting on physicians groups uh you know i just so how do they get away with it well just by the monopoly power that they have Mm -hmm. really i mean uh, for instance the the state of alabama 70 something percent of the health care plans in the state of Alabama are Blue Cross Blue Shield. Mm-hmm. There's no other providers. Yeah. And if you're a business that needs to um, get a new insurance plan, you don't have many people to talk to. Yeah. So they've gotten away with it by by being almost a, a, a monopoly, yeah. close to a monopoly. Are they um, <clears throat> are they pretty well represented in Washington D.C.? Oh, very well. They have more <laughs> lobbyists than. <laughs> and then Carter has liver pills, you know, and uh, and strong lobbyists. That, yeah, that that um, and, you know, there was an issue that I took great problem with that United Healthcare, uh, you know, they're probably one of the better organizations. Their president uh, two years ago made 50 million dollar bonus. Yeah. Yeah. And that buys a lot of health care. It know? does. Fifty million dollars for one guy. For one guy. Yeah. And you know, I don't want to begrudge, you know, anybody that uh deserves to make a lot of money for a very hard job, but but we sort of know that this money is sort of coming from the backs of, of people who are trying to meet that monthly premium, trying to cover healthcare bills and and you know if someone doesn't pay a healthcare bill even their portion of the deductible that's not on the insurance company that's on no. the backs of the hospital or the physician group who does the billing or the consumer yeah one of, passed one. on to everybody else yes yeah absolutely yeah so i mean it, it that is i think the chief problem with healthcare today would you agree absolutely yeah and and there needs to be some balance and i think the hospitals by doing this merger from bjc and st luke's um, I think we need to pay attention to it, to it here in mid-Missouri because mm-hmm. obviously if they're doing it on both sides of the state, all that has to happen is a couple mid-Missouri hospitals join that alliance, Yeah, maybe Springfield, and yeah. suddenly now the power has completely shifted. Yeah. And can they join uh, – can, can they create an alliance – uh, without having a formal legal entity that owns the hospitals? Well, they seem to be doing it, and okay. they've got all the best legal minds in place to look at that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, they're not joining like BJC and Boone used to be. Right, right. They're joining at, at a... In a collaborative. Collaborative yeah, level. Yeah. So, uh, not to mention specific names, but if MU Healthcare and Boone Hospital and Bothwell and uh cox and mercy out of out of springfield decided to form a collaboration uh to negotiate with these insurance companies uh that you think that could make a difference absolutely okay absolutely wow and so what's stopping people from doing that you know it's it's an interesting dynamic that you know everybody thinks of their silo 
Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes these bigger trends just you're, you're so caught up in the day to day activities that yeah. those bigger trends just get beyond you. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's going to continue to consolidation. It seems that size is very important right now. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can negotiate and an interesting sidelight, Fred, since BJC has done what they've done with St. Luke's for the first time, the insurance companies have called my group. And start talking about, well, we'd like to talk to you about raising your rates. So they're, they're reaching out now, fearful that if, um, if this consolidation continues, mm-hmm. they'll be on the downside of that power curve. Yeah. It, it seems like they see it coming. I mean, there's been a wholesale change at the top of Anthem Blue Cross. I mean, there's been a lot yes. of people that have, have fled that organization and, and going to the dark side uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, start earning money in, a, in an honest way. But, you know, it, it's just interesting that uh, that the average citizen, the average consumer really doesn't understand that dynamic. You know, it isn't connected. And, and it's almost like it would be nice if, if you could somehow help the average consumer understand uh, just how lopsided this business is, you know? Yeah. And I think, um, that's, that's a hard thing for even the physicians or, yeah. or the people who are running hospitals to get on the you yeah. know side of that yeah. too, Fred. So is there any reason to be concerned about what the merger between a Kansas city healthcare organization and a St. Louis healthcare organization, is there any reason for people in mid Missouri to be concerned about what that might mean for mid Missouri? Well, if you think about it, any time the, the, that, that the power shifts the way I'm talking about, uh, if the hospitals get too much power, I don't think that's great for the consumer also. Because right. none of the hospitals, at least the ones we just named, uh, have been exactly benevolent through the years either. <laughs> you know, if, if, um. You're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah. I hate to see, I'd rather see a balance of power rather than anybody or any one organization or any one group yeah. achieving the power that to, to set rates because they could set them in a different yeah. way for consumers also. Well, my fear is the way you grow is, um, you know, there, you only have so many patients. Uh, I mean, BJC can only have so much market share in St. Louis. Uh, but my fear is that you start to expand the territory that you want to serve. And so all of a sudden in Columbia, Missouri, we're seeing ads for KU uh, yes. Med Center. Yes. Uh, and uh, every now and then you see a BJC ad, a Missouri Baptist hospital ad running in, in the Columbia market. Um, my fear is that for our local hospitals, that BJC and um, St. Luke's together will see mid-Missouri as easy pickings and start coming in and trying to divert as much of that care from this market into theirs. Well, I think we saw that with BJC at one oh, point. We certainly did for 33 I mean, years. You were you were very much a part of of, of helping raise that um, aura when Boone was part of BJC. Mm-hmm. And BJC, which has always been somewhat of a tertiary hospital for mid-Missouri, yep. suddenly... Once they aligned with with uh, BJC, Boone suddenly they wanted Boone to be a feeder hospital yeah. instead. Yeah, that's the voice of Mark Adams. He is a, an orthopedic surgeon here in Columbia for thirty four years with the Columbia Orthopedic Group. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation about healthcare news here in uh, Mid Missouri and tell you about some developments that are taking place as we speak that uh, will impact the way you receive care here in Mid Missouri. All of that and more coming up on the CEO Roundtable Show. I'm Fred Perry. You're listening to 93.9 The Eat.
This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with Dr. Mark Adams, an orthopedic surgeon here in Columbia. Uh, specializes in sports medicine, but he's been at the orthopedic group uh, for... 34 years. That's a lifetime, isn't it? That's a long time to, to, to be practicing medicine. Fred, when you called me and asked me to do this, I'm glad you haven't mentioned, because you said originally that you're an old guy here in town. <laughs> I said, Fred, let's use the word mature guy. That's right. I think I did in my notes to you. I think I said uh, your occupational maturity. So anyway, it's, uh, uh, but it's good to have you here because I think, Thank you know, people regard you as, as really one of the leading statesmen in the medical community and and uh, so it's it's good to have you in to talk about your pers- your perspective. Um, you know, um, there's something happening with some of the private practice groups. And, and you know, when I was a, a trustee at Boone Hospital, I, I used to really uh, get a little indigestion over the fact that so many of the the key, the more lucrative services that were in the hospital were moving out to these clinical uh, uh, centers and surgery centers. And uh, I, you know. When I was on the board of trustees, uh, there was a, a group, is a group called Columbia Surgical Associates. They moved uh, their business over to University Hospital. That took a 1, thousand, eleven hundred procedures a year out of the operating rooms at Boone. And you know what? That was, from a financial standpoint, was devastating for Boone Hospital. And this is, you know, we were still in bed with with BJC back then. But you know, and and so, but I, I think that uh, in defense of of the the surgery groups, the clinical doctors, they really tried for the better part of thirty years to partner with Boone Hospital, but BJC true. would not allow it to happen. Very and uh, so I I think that it's hard to begrudge the doctors when they were trying to do something different and offering to make Boone a fifty fifty partner. Um, Boone couldn't say yes because of BJC, and so one of the one of the many benefits. So it doesn't seem like it right now. One of the many benefits for detaching ourselves from BJC Healthcare, um, and so hopefully we'll we'll see more collaboration as as time um, moves on. But um, tell me what's happening in some of these private surgery groups. Well, unfortunately, and this is a national trend, not mm-hmm. just local. Fred, the world of private practice is shrinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the statistics would tell us in 2012, over 60 percent of the doctors in the United States were in private the private world that mm-hmm. we all kind of grew up with. Yeah. That's less than 50% now. And so in a span of 10 to 12 years, it's significantly changed. Yeah. And I think when you look at uh, young people coming out of residencies or medical school now, uh, that number is even smaller mm-hmm. for their choices. Now they've got a lot of choices. There's academic medicine these days. Mm-hmm. There's, there's hospital employment, which yeah. uh, all hospitals are, are pushing. There's government jobs like the VA and all, but here's an industry that is growing rapidly to keep your eye on, and that's employment with insurance groups. One of the largest employers in the United States of physicians right now is United Healthcare. We just talked about them yeah. a moment ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have over 70,000 physicians nationally now, and 40,000, you might say, uh, affiliate uh, Wow. Nurse practitioners that and all. That is not on my radar at all. So yes. is that a fairly recent development? Yes. And I can tell you 10 years ago, they probably had 8 to 10. And yeah. the largest employer independently of physicians was Kaiser Permanente, one yeah. of the big HMO groups. Yeah. And they far surpassed them now. So I don't think that's a good trend because um, 
I mean, you it's know, a conflict of interest in, in, a, in, a, in a major way, in my, by my way of thinking. I think so, too. Yeah. Whenever I fight insurance companies every day to yeah. try to get pre-certification yeah. for something. But when you're in bed with them, when they employ you, I when, mean, how do you really represent the, the, the patient's best interest when you're in that situation? Well, I, I don't, I'm not in that situation, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah. But I hope the guys remember the Hippocratic Oath yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, that, that, you know, to try to do no harm mm-hmm. and to not let the employer do harm. Either. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, a big trend out there. And that has not been challenged, uh, in the courts. I mean, uh, that successfully, I guess. Not successfully. Okay. No. Well, that's really interesting. Yeah. And they're growing. And, and when you talk to young people getting out of residency or medical schools now, they realize that's an employment option. Yeah. And well, because they want to work eight to five. Yeah. They don't want to be on call at night. <laughs> and I think you can do that working for an insurance company. Well, it seems to be the trend. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the difference between the, older more mature doctors and the the kids that have been coming out of medical school in the last 10 years well they they've been raised differently hopefully mm-hmm. for th- you're being very nice hopefully they're uh for their benefit i hope they last longer in medicine than some people do oh they don't know. burn out so quickly yes okay absolutely well that's interesting um i want to talk to you about orthopedic surgeries here in columbia uh you know 20 years ago there were 30 orthopedic physicians over at the columbia orthopedic group uh how many do you think there are not it, in this market in Columbia? How many orthopedic surgeons do we have? Well, we have twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. Um, the university is, you know, plus minus about the same. Yep. So there's fifty, more than fifty now in Columbia, and that doesn't include the residents that are there. Right. Um, now I asked you this question three years ago, but uh, so tell me how that works. How do you double the number of orthopedic surgeons and still survive in, in this market? <laughs> Uh, used to the statistics that was by our academy said you needed one for every 17,000 population. Mm-hmm. So we far outstripped what Columbia itself would need. Yeah. But when you think about it, uh, our, we call our demographic the Highway 63 corridor. Yep. We go 50 miles to the east, 50 miles to the west, and all the way to the Iowa line and all the way down past Rolla. Mm-hmm. And in that zip code numbers, there's over a million people. Yeah. And so when you think about it that way, and the university is much the same, and the university will get some referrals from from outside that corridor mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. it's really not an abnormal number. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's other places that are just like this. Rochester, Minnesota is about the size of Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. yeah. 125,000 yeah. people. Yeah. And I they probably have, you know, double the number yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I mean, do you think that a rising tide raises all ships? I mean, the more the more orthopedic surgeons uh, in a market, the better for everybody. I mean, what's your attitude about that? Well, I will tell you, I don't see anybody sitting around clipping coupons from the physician standpoint. (laughs) All our schedules are full. I'm sure they're full. No ad sheets in the doctor's lounge, huh? (laughs) And their schedules are full at the university, I'm sure. Yeah. It has seemed, at least from the orthopedics perspective, raised the tide. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, nobody's nobody's sitting around wondering where the next patient's coming yeah. from. Yeah, uh, just uh, uh, and I'm hoping you don't give me a pat answer on this, but is, is it collegial the relationship? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, um, there's it's still a competitive mentality at times. Yeah. Um, but I will see people from there that need a second opinion yep. for whatever reason yep. for insurance mm-hmm. and vice versa. Are there procedures that they are doing at MOI that you can't do at Columbia Orthopedic Group or that you choose not to do? Um, they see 
quite a few more pediatrics because they have a pediatric hospital yep um, mm-hmm. and all and so that's a big plus for the university yeah they have a, a very uh, good and prolific uh, mm-hmm. children's hospital i mean you, you could choose to expand into to pediatric ortho ortho orthodontics no it's actually orthopedics if you wanted to right well but you also need the support of the hospital okay, and all a, that yeah, yeah. so boone would have to have a bigger emphasis on a pediatrics ward right and and, and pediatric subspecialty uh in the medicine world yeah. too that we yeah. don't have you well, there's been a shift in the in the healthcare industry to more outpatient uh, that's really uh you know the things that you might have been hospitalized 20 years ago for a couple of days you know you're in and out now and uh and, which is sort of that's just a new reality, and and I don't know if uh, technology or medical procedures have improved to that point, but um, you don't stay in the hospital overnight anymore, uh, for the most part. You know, the, this is a national trend also, mm-hmm. um, and and we were some of the first to bring this to Mid Missouri. Mm-hmm. We we built the first surgery center. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had our MRIs, and let me tell you how that developed, Fred. So it doesn't sound like it's just that we decided to go into full competition. The hospitals were so busy back in the 80s and 90s. And, um, you know, for instance, in my world, in the sports medicine world, I would see an athlete with an injury, mm-hmm. with, let's say, a knee that needed an MRI. We would call the hospitals and we would get an appointment for three weeks at five in the morning. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work when you're an employer or, or an athlete. And certainly, you know, from a coach's perspective, that yeah. didn't work. Yeah. So we put in our the first MRIs that were outpatient, mm-hmm. and uh, the beneficiaries of that truly were the consumers, mm-hmm. and and the secondary beneficiary of all that I think cost went way down. Um, so I, I think this shift to outpatient number one saves money for mm-hmm. the consumer as mm-hmm. well as the healthcare system in general. Yeah. Now you have imaging centers, you have dialysis centers, surgery centers. Uh, GI colonoscopy centers, yeah. oncology. Yeah, I mean, you, you can you can probably detect my bias in this question, but you know, uh, yeah, it does improve things for the consumers. But what about that community hospital on the hill there that has to be open twenty four hours and have emergency rooms and and you know it these these things which have improved things for the consumer have ultimately hurt the local hospital. There's no question yeah. that that has put financial pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I, I look upon it as there's evolution in every field. Mm-hmm. This is the evolution that's going to continue yeah. in medicine. Yeah. So the hospitals are going to have to find a new business model. Yeah. Look at phone booths and uh, yellow pages. And and <laughs> and cell phones yeah. have, have put almost uh, right. yeah. the, the – and, and I think uh, that's – They put the photo uh, mat out of store, out of, out of business, you know? <laughs> and so. the, the, the eight-track tape doesn't yeah, exist exactly anymore. exactly right. That's right. And I think, you know, hospitals got caught in an updraft of needing to be bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yeah. When probably should have been going the other way. The the, the it should have been a downdraft yeah. to size down. Yeah. And when you look at some of the behemoths that are out there now. Yeah. And most of the hospitals that are bigger, some of the floors are closed. Yeah. And unfortunately, they're left with this capital structure. And you you look at Kaiser and Mayo and Cleveland Clinic. I mean, you have these huge health systems that are bleeding millions of dollars every quarter. Uh, I mean, I, there's, I think there's been some improvement in the, in the last uh, four quarters, but, but they're not making money. I mean, they're losing money. Uh, yes. well, on paper, they're losing money. Um, so, I mean, is, is there anything that, um, 
about that trend that has you concerned? Naturally, I'm concerned, but I always tell, uh, for instance, my guys, they used to say, you know, the rules are going to change all the time. Yeah. Give us, gotta, give us the new rules yeah. and smart people will figure it yeah. out. Yeah. And I think that there needs to be smart people on the hospital side. Yeah. From the hospital side to help figure out what their new model looks like. Yeah. And, um, and, and figure out, you know, I think do what you do best. They do a great job when people need to be inpatient, right? Yeah. yeah. They do a great job when there's trauma. They do a great job with delivery of children mm-hmm. and all. And so let's all just focus on what we do best yeah. and deliver the best care to the consumer that we right. can, too. So you have uh, basically, uh, is there a Medicare rule or insurance rule about the, the length of stay? And there's a uh, there, there's something like called the 23-hour stay. I mean, right. and you have, have basically built to accommodate that as well, correct? Tell us about that. Well, we have an overnight stay facility mm-hmm. that is not hospital-based. It's not. Uh, there is no true overnight stay in is, from is a like, surgery center. Is it like a Holiday Inn Express? It's a hotel. A hotel. We're, we're um, room we're, service. <laughs> we have uh, <laughs> meals are delivered. Really? Okay. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a little six room overnight stay because we have patient patients that are coming from so far yeah, away. Yeah. And our total joint guys use it as expressly. Our, yeah. our spine surgeons who are doing. Uh, that I'm having a total knee done very soon, Fred, and I'm going to do it as an outpatient. Really? Mm-hmm. Who's Who's your doctor going to be? Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> yeah, you might as well. <laughs> Here's a butter knife. <laughs> you know, I had a, a shoulder replaced five years ago at the orthopedic group, but I I think I stayed at least one night, maybe two nights in the hospital. Are you? Do you still stay overnight for a shoulder replacement? Uh, there are shoulder replacements that are moving outpatient now also, really? or at least to the overnight stay. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, there are people that still need hospitals, that mm-hmm. need an internist to see them while they're there, mm-hmm. uh, that that need the services that a hospital is absolutely best at. Yeah. And so there's always going to be that need. So not all... All the outpatient is not going to shift everything that direction. Yeah. We are visiting with Dr. Mark Adams, a uh, orthopedic surgeon that's been in the market here for 34 years with the Columbia Orthopedic Group. I'm really excited about our next segment because we're going to talk about some of the benchmark developments in Columbia's healthcare history, going back to the opening of uh, Columbia Regional Hospital back in the 70s. And, and just we're going to talk about some of those milestone events. So this will be a good listening if you are uh, interested in Columbia history. Stay tuned with us. We'll be back. Uh, we were with Mark Adams. I'm Fred Perry, you're listening to the CEO Roundtable on 93.9 The Eagle. They're doing the mess around. Everybody doing the mess around. Ah, everybody was juice. You can't bet your soul. They did the boogie boogie with the study roll. They mess around. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with Dr. Mark Adams, a local orthopedic surgeon uh, in in business here in Columbia, in practice, 34 years. Um, I know uh, if you drive around town, uh, you see a lot of new businesses popping up that... um, uh, have the word dispensary on the front and uh but but really uh you guys have been doing joints a lot longer than these guys right yes (laughs) different joints oh i see okay different (laughs) joints um tell me about um 
the the number of joints that you guys are doing and what what are the the what are the for lack of better words the most popular joints to operate on these days well um you know if i don't know if you've noticed but baby boomers are aging quickly yes, they are <laughs> every <laughs> damn day <laughs> it's it's hard to not notice yeah it. um i used to use numbers that we the, in national they were about 300,000 total knee replacements mm-hmm. and 300,000 um Hip replacements. Okay. Guess what the number was last year? Seven hundred and ninety thousand wow. total knee replacements. So nearly uh, more than double. Yeah, and, more than double. And four hundred and fifty thousand total hip replacements wow. were done. Yeah. And I, I feel like a hundred thousand of them were done here in Columbus. Yeah, I bet like. you do. I bet you do. But yeah. um, and, and here's the scarier part of that. I mean, that's wonderful. That's growth. That's that's we have something to offer people to help them with quality of life later. Yeah. But they're estimating, the Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons estimates by 2030, there's going to be over 3 million done wow. a year. Wow. So that, that field is growing unbelievably quick. So if you're 18 years old and listening to this program, you probably know what you need to be doing for a living. <laughs> it would help. <laughs> yeah. And we, we're ready to sign a contract yeah. with you right now. Yeah. Now it's, um, the aging of our population and, and, the best thing that I can say is these type of things within our field and other fields, too, we can offer a better quality of life Yeah, in those later years. And, you know, um, my recollection is that you like hiring those hometown kids. Uh, I know that you've got a couple that are uh, joining you. I, like Sean Sahota, who is now the president or co-president of the vice president, vice president of the Columbia Orthopedic Group, uh, was a Columbia kid. Right. Yes, and uh, went to medical school, spent some time at Mayo. And what's his specialty? Uh, he is a sports medicine guy. Sports medicine guy like also. Me. Okay, very good. We also have Samuel Thompson, who grew up here in town. Okay, his uh, dad was a doctor at Boone Hospital. His father was a cardiac surgeon at Boone right. Hospital. Mm-hmm. And he was a Rockbridge graduate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love having the local kids that... that uh, because you know you 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 know them very well. Yeah, we know them from from long ago, and they know Columbia. There's no there's no surprises when they get here. Uh, that you know we don't have a Trader Joe's yes. or we don't have a, a Bloomingdale's or a Neiman Marcus. And no some, surprises. And some of our older guys, John Miles, yeah, you know, grew up here. Yeah. I mean, Pete Booker grew up here, mm-hmm. and Pete's our oldest in in the group still, mm-hmm. and he grew up here and has been here forever. So it's a Columbia is a great place to migrate back to. Yeah. And and it's such a medically oriented town that um, I can tell you, most guys that grow up here or most guys that go to medical school here or do their residency here, mm-hmm. um, they're a good target for us, too, to yeah. talk to because yeah. they know what they're getting. Yeah. Their wives know what this town is. Yeah. I know that when Boone Hospital was trying to recruit physicians, if there was a tie to Columbia, you know, an in-law, an uncle, some relative, uh, maybe they went to school at Mizzou, uh, it was much easier to recruit them uh, to Boone Hospital uh, than it was somebody they had no connection to the community. Absolutely. And yeah. and don't just include Columbia. Jeff City also. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Krautman in my group is really? from Jefferson City. Okay. Uh, is he I, wearing shoes now? <laughs> he is. Okay, he is. good. All right. And we have, uh, I, I know... Um, uh, Leslie Farmer Shock, who's a plastic surgeon here in town, grew up in Jeff City. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, yeah. the mid-Missouri to mid-Missourians is a good place to yeah. be. You've been practicing for 34 years. You went to med school here in Columbia. Uh, I want to talk about some of the developments. And you weren't alive during some when some of these things happened, of course. But uh, uh, I just... 
I think back about how Columbia's healthcare community has evolved over the years and, and, and probably one of the biggest developments that I can think of. You, you probably have a different perspective, but, but the opening of Columbia Regional Hospital. And, and my recollection is that there were several doctors in Columbia, uh, who did not want to go over to the med center. Uh, did not want to go to the university, but were somewhat frustrated that they couldn't get the start times that they wanted for surgery and, and procedures at Boone Hospital. Um, and, uh, and I may be totally wrong about that, but that was what I had been told over the years. And they got together and opened Columbia Regional Hospital. Yes, but let me correct you on one okay, thing. You said I wasn't alive at that time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I, was, I was just trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Regional was founded in 1974. Right. And when I talked to our former partners who were of those founding members, yeah. um, Boone had the pressures of being a typical county hospital. Yeah. Uh, resources from a monetary standpoint were not great. Mm-hmm. Technology was somewhat older. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was crowded. They hadn't expanded to be the beautiful place it is now. Yeah. And uh, when you were admitted a patient over there, they were sometimes stacked in the hallway for mm-hmm. uh, overnight. Yeah. Know. And and for surgeons especially, you need to have ability to get into the operating room. Mm-hmm. And that was not just Boone. It was the same at the university. It was a government hospital also. Mm-hmm. And so some brave physicians went out on a limb and, and, um, and founded Columbia Regional Hospital. It became pretty quickly a, an orthopedic specialty hospital. Oh, okay. But we still did a lot of other uh, general medical care there. Mm-hmm. What were some of the names of the founders? Well, Garth Russell, uh-huh. Glenn McElroy, mm. um, uh, Larry Chapman. Oh, yeah. You remember Larry? Oh, I sure do. Uh, Heizer, you know. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Hugh Harris, who... Just passed away this just past week. passed yeah. away yeah. in late January. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of the Columbia Surgical Associates physicians were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vince Guruchari. Yeah. yeah. There was um, a lot of them. Uh, Robert Thomas was an ENT doctor. Hmm. There's, you know, a whole host of guys who went out on a limb, put their money where their mouth was, and founded a regional hospital. Yeah. How did that impact Boone? Well, I think it impacted Boone very positively. Competition always. Yeah, sure does. You step up to the competition. Yeah. Or you don't. Yeah. Boone built a big addition in 1985. They built another big addition in in the mid-90s, 2004, 2011. So it really kind of forced Boone to sort of up their game a bit. And university also. Yeah. Both of them in town. And you you and I both know, because we're both very much capitalist, Mm -hmm. competition works. Yeah. And and you either, you know, as I said, step up to the competition or you step back. And, And both hospitals had to step up. And I think... I, I think it was beneficial for Boone. I think it was beneficial for the community. Mm-hmm. And um, um, it, it didn't stay terribly long. I mean, Tenet Healthcare sold it at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it, it really impacted, and it put mid-Missouri and Columbia on the map medically. Tenet sold it to um, AMI, who sold it to the University of Missouri, correct? Just opposite. AMI sold it okay. to Tenet, and okay. Tenet sold it to the university. And then, uh, do you remember the selling price for that hospital? I do. Was it $17 million? Uh, $35 million. Oh, $35 million. Okay. And was that a bargain at that time? Uh, probably. Um, you know, uh, and, and I can tell you that, you know, medical... Thoughts and development changes just like other businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the university bought it because Bob Churchill was the dean at the time. Yeah. And Bob Churchill was very much wanting to help the university learn to practice like a private practice ah. and learn from the 
the best of the world of private practice and apply it within their realm. Yeah. And so that was the initial modus for buying regional hospitals. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, the business model changed. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I shouldn't say unfortunately, the university's done very well yeah. with it. Yeah. Uh, and they established it as a women's and children's yeah. hospital. Yeah, smart. It's about to move back over to the university from mm-hmm. the Williams and Children's Hospital. And my my main concern, I hope, it doesn't become another Ellis Fischel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good point. Okay, on my timeline, I have 1988 uh, BJC or Christian uh, Healthcare takes over Boone Hospital. Uh, was there something between 1974 and 1988 on your timeline? Uh, not around here, you mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. No, I think you know I. The interesting thing is, we always talk about BJC. Mm-hmm. BJC got Boone by default, right? Because the, the original agreement was with an organization called Christian Christian Healthcare. Healthcare, yeah, yeah, and and I think that was a a very good alignment. It was a better fit. They they had similar values. Mm-hmm. They had similar business models. They were not the pure academic center mm-hmm. that BJC that mm-hmm. that Barnes was. Yeah, and about the same time in St. Louis, though Barnes. Um, consolidated with jewish mm-hmm. and became bj mm-hmm. and then the c was when they then consolidated further within the community and took over christian health care yeah and so boone moved to the bjc system almost by default yeah and uh you were much more involved with that than i was mm-hmm. but uh, didn't work to boone's advantage no probably. i mean i think bjc did a lot of good things for boone hospital i think that there's their standards and best practices are admirable i think that the the biggest problem bjc had is that they and and really uh best practices were typically the 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 curve was set by boone hospital in the whole bjc system to be honest with you and but i think that they regarded uh the people in boone county as a bunch of country bumpkins and they kind of walked all over them and and they sent a a brinks truck every day to to take back 35 million dollars and and uh you know and that was that but um we're running out of time here, but anything else? I mean, what's, what is from a, a 30,000 foot standpoint, uh, that relationship, BJC Boone Hospital? You know, I, 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 who knows? That may redevelop again when yeah. we're talking about this consolidation statewide. Yeah. I, I don't have any insight into that. I think, uh, Boone as an independent hospital is a great idea. I think there are challenges being in an independent hospital right now. Yeah. And, and Boone's going to have to, uh, they have a Brady, the new CEO, will yeah. help figure that out. Yeah. I think he's great. Yeah. The one thing I'd like to say about uh, Columbia in general is, you know, this is an amazing medical community. Mm-hmm. When you have an academic center in a town of this size, yeah. when you have an, a five-star CMS hospital yeah. in the private world in mm-hmm. this town, yeah. uh, when you have the... You know, we had one point, bragged we had 700 and something physicians in this town. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's an amazing accomplishment for a town of this size to be in mid-Missouri, to be kind of a Mayo Clinic. Yeah. Could we ever become Rochester? You know, uh, they have a, they have a one hospital system, mm-hmm. really, there. Yeah. And, but it was uh, a combination of three hospitals, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, some of the small towns, um, when we built our first surgery center, I used to tell our guys, because I, I was kind of the director of that, that we look a lot more like the Mayo Clinic or Rochester or Wichita, Kansas, where there's a, an unbelievable psychiatric uh, setting there, you know. Mm-hmm. There are 
centers of excellence that can develop in these smaller communities yeah. like this. They're not all in Cleveland or Boston or right. New York. Right. Yeah. There's a, there, I think there's a lot of hope uh, for Columbia's future in the healthcare industry. And we just have to be smart. Absolutely. You know, make good choices and be resilient and ready to roll with the punches. You know, if, if we cling to the old business models, uh, like some people have a tendency to do, uh, it's going to backfire on us. Uh, I agree with yeah, you, Fred. Good. Mark Adams, so good to have you in the studio. Uh, so great to, to really uh, tap into your wealth of knowledge about the history of healthcare in our community and, and what you do with the orthopedic group. Uh, how many procedures do you have left in you? <laughs> Well, I've at least got one on me. Yeah. On me, I don't know about okay. it. No, I still plan to practice. I love what I do. Yeah. I, I love going in and talking to patients every day. And you've got a young wife, so you have to keep working. I have to keep working. <laughs> and, right. and plus, Fred, she doesn't want me home all the time I, right I, now. I completely understand. <laughs> That's Mark Adams. I'm Fred Perry. You've been listening to the CEO Roundtable at 93.9 The Eagle. This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love it.